I'm gonna trick former guest Ben into making us a theme song. That's it. Okay. Better, closer, warmer. Uh, all modern art is communistic. I want to be the first man to nut in space. Fuck you. Fuck off. Where are we finding it? Why can't we Better, find it? Closer, Why do you guys warmer. keep saying all this change? We're playing Fortnite. Let's have fun. We need to get to that post-World War II mentality where Better, closer, no one in the warmer. world is going to Twitch and typing in climate first. Don't tweet us about how our stuff's inaccurate. At this point, I don't think the N-word tape would change anything. The piss tape might. From New Orleans to New York. It's the Alienos Podcast, baby. Dude, that was TNT. Welcome back to the Alienos Podcast. I am Smith. I'm Seth. And it's the voice that makes you moist. Marcus. So, boys. The past week's been interesting. Uh, a lot of stuff happened. Did it. I think primarily we got to talk about the big, the biggest crime that is happening right now. Uh-uh. The 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 true atrocity, which is that they're changing the M and M's. Wait, I've not heard of this. Really? Oh, dude, they're yeah, they're 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 making them less sexy. They're right. they're going to be a uh, uh, gender neutral, uh, non-binary M and M's from now on. Right. All 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 the horniness is going to be gone from the M and M designs. And man of the people, Tucker Carlson is so upset. <laughs> I do love when you can see what what they what truly matters to them. Because this man doesn't care about anything. But when he, he make the M&M's less horny, he's like, this is ridiculous. This is un-American. I mean, clearly he's been masturbating to M&M's for <laughs> every day. <laughs> Let's see here. The Chiron said, miserable. This is the miserable non-binary candy we all deserve. Mm. Yeah, it says here that they're getting... Um, made over to promote inclusivity. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the pictures now, and am I? I mean, besides the the boots being sneakers, they look generally the same. At least the 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 the, the, the big two look the same. The red and yellow. Seth, how are you not? I don't know how has this not killed your boner. <laughs> the, the sex appeal of the candy has been reduced by ten percent. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I guess you've got a point. I am the green M M&M and M definitely isn't doing it for me anymore. Every young man's first sexual fantasy about the green M M&M. and M. We all know that, and it all came down to her boots. The boots are what really tied it all together. Because she's already around. We love that. Yeah, she's green. Into that, that for sure. All that exposed flesh. I guess it's supposed shell. to be. It's a candy shell. Shell. Wearing white gloves. Well, you know we love that. Right. And yeah. then she got boots on. I mean, come on. Which was funny. I forgot about the brown M&M because <laughs> when they introduced the green like girl M&M, there was an mm-hmm. ad of her like undressing from the shell and she's yeah. got a chocolate inside. So I was like, oh, okay. So for the longest, I thought she was just the undressed like green M&M. Mm. I guess these are the commercials that Tucker Carlson was missing so much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I did because of this see horrible art of the green M&M with tits. Um, <laughs> just, you just uh, now saw that? <laughs> yeah. It's 2022, yeah. man. You're just did you forget about Rule 34? 
I didn't forget about it. it. Just it happened to me. I didn't. I didn't go looking for it. It just occur. It just appeared in front of my face. <laughs> I was like, "Fuck! I guess this is real." The brown M M&M and M is the most pointless M M&M, and M because the chocolate's already brown. So what are we even doing here? I mean, but the outer shell needs to be brown, also. Well, but what if what if you wore clothes the same color as your skin? I mean, I mean, people do that. Be flesh colored, right? <laughs> <laughs> do they i've never seen this before right. except for like weird i don't know fashion fucking shit or whatever it's not a trend i don't think people walk around wearing their, their own skin colored clothing i think anytime i walk outside 80 percent of people are wearing flesh colored clothes <laughs> <laughs> that just be kind of unsettling <laughs> guys this is the worst episode of sliders ever yeah Man, they never ate any small burgers on that show, and it made me so mad. <laughs> I watched every episode waiting for the small burger recipe. Oh, God. The one difference is there's no such thing on this world as big hamburgers. It's only sliders. Yep. Hey, we're like, hey, we can't do it, guys. We got to get back home. This is not right. We can't live here. Uh, so yeah, they, they, they're changing the M and M's because everything's woke now. I guess <laughs> I just don't understand. I don't even, I don't even understand cares? the inclusivity part. They're just wearing sneakers now. Yeah, right. I don't. They, sh- they should wear Crocs, if you ask me. That should that'd be more inclusive mm. at this point. <laughs> Give them Crocs. Maybe they should. You know what? Maybe they shouldn't wear shoes because, like, Ooh. I mean, you know, having shoes can leave people out. You know. Not everyone has shoes, so right, right. not inclusive. You know, the brown M&M should just not have shoes on. They can be, they can be the, the barefoot is legal M&M <laughs> and the nudist M&M. <laughs> Why does the brown one need to not have yeah, shoes? Yeah. <laughs> because I just said, they're shoes. already the nudist M&M while wear shoes. Well, no, they're not nudists. We just discussed they're the weirdo who wears their own flesh color on their flesh. I'm choosing. To, I'm choosing to believe it's the it, this. That's less damaging to my psyche because uh, when you bite into a brown M and M, you still get shell. You, it's not just a piece of chocolate with an M printed on yes, it. Maybe, it could be a crusty. It could be. It could be real crusty. You know, <laughs> and that that's hurts me. Like a, like a crusty dude with a rind on them. You know. Oh, you're thinking about the crispy M and M's with the little. <laughs> Oh, nice. yeah. <laughs> the the up part is that's real. Yeah, you didn't make that up. That's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> Crispy M's actually pretty good. This is this is this, but this is why uh, capitalism is going to kill us all because we devote our, our time and energy making crispy M and M's rather than figuring out how to fix climate change. You know. Yeah. The bags of all white M and M's. Wait, remember what? those? <laughs> no. <laughs> What? Yeah, the all white M and M's they used to make no. uh, in bags oh. for some holiday. I can't remember. It was Labor Day or some shit. I know Skittles did that recently for their their like Pride Month thing. Instead of colors, they had no colors, so it was like all white Skittles in like a white bag. That seems that was their thing. Which weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, mean, I don't really care what any corporation does for Pride Week, but I guess I guess that's <laughs> something. Marcus, move your phone away from the microphone. We can hear it buzzing. My bad. <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I agree, Seth. I don't care what they did for her pride, but that's a dumb one. I don't. What? They're already. You already got the. You've already got it. You've already got I the candy. Skittles is the one who should be like. We were at the forefront. We didn't have. <laughs> to, 
you know, we didn't have to do all this new stuff. We're already there. But they instead they decided to take an extra measure for whatever reason. Yeah. Guys, is there anything more obnoxious than brands on social media? Brands on social media is pretty, pretty... I gotta say it. I'm, I'm gonna say it, knowing full well the weight of this word. It's pretty cringe. I gotta <laughs> say. Um, yeah. Sorry, good. I just gonna say it sucks. I hate to see it. Yeah, I love. I hate when the brands like react to each other, and they're always like, "Oh, guess what? Wendy's is like, well, guess what? The ice cream machine at McDonald's isn't working." And then McDonald's is like, "Well, we don't have square hamburgers, like a loser." And then I'm like, "I don't want to be a part of this world. <laughs> this isn't good." Yeah, I mean, little like known fact: Wendy's released a mixtape on Spotify of diss tracks with with Wendy Wendy be rapping. Oh wow! And one of the songs was even called Twitter Fingers. So I mean, it. It happened. 2018, I was there. Uh, on the front lines. I listened to all six songs. I still listen to them every day because they're great. <laughs> My favorite music. Oh, shit. Marcus, we gotta get Seth some help. <laughs> I think it's getting to him, I think. No, actually, I need help in the opposite direction. I haven't listened to a song in has been months that I've listened to a song. So, that's right. You know... Uh, Meatloaf died last week, and so I was listening to the Bad Out of Hell uh, album great again, album. which are, in my opinion, pretty great. Damn. It sucks that Meatloaf was an anti-vaxxer, climate change denier who who did who did hilariously, however, die of COVID. Yeah, uh, pretty great. Uh, but his music bangs. So I, I, what do you want me to say? You know? Yeah, yeah, good music. Um, it was the eighties. Who cares? Yeah, there was like there was another rule of threes this week. It was him. Louis Anderson, and then one other, I can't mm -hmm. remember, another, a third person died. I'm like, the rule of the threes is too strong. Sometimes I feel like two yeah. people have died and another person just puts themselves, their heart, their self in harm's way to make sure the mm -hmm. rule gets satisfied. It was, a, it was a European singer who died after catching COVID intentionally. What? They intentionally caught yeah. COVID? Yeah, she was an anti-vaxxer and she's like, I'm going to catch it so I can go ahead and get, you know, immunized to it. And then she died. Wow. That is a good way to gain immunity. Apparently she was feeling fine, laid down for a minutes, and died. Wow. <laughs> so funny. Speaking of immunity, <laughs> what is diplomatic immunity? Is it real? <laughs> they made it up for, for a lethal weapon. I was going to say, can you actually just kill someone <laughs> and then say <laughs> diplomatic immunity <laughs> and go home? I mean, that sounds right to me. That sounds logical as long as to you're, me. So you can go to another country and kill someone. As long as you're and an elected or a, 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 just a hired official, really, of being a diplomat. I think you have to be, you have to be the ambassador. Or yeah. the diplomat. All you think is I think you have to be one of those. an ambassador. And then you can kill anyone you want. As long you kill as they don't live in your country. Exactly. So just, you know, listen. Everybody out there... No, we're not going to say this. <laughs> uh, if you are an ambassador... Use your privileges. Use your immunity. <laughs> I've always, I've always thought about I, that line, and I'm like, "What does anyone? Is that real? Does anyone know what that is? <laughs> Can we fact check them? 
it would be a truly wild thing to make up or to, to have, sorry, not to make up to have, you know, like just a, a loophole for all diplomatic people. I don't, yeah. I, that's weird. It's like the license to kill they get in secret agent movies and then they, they revoke their license to kill. And right. it's just, it's like, oh wow, you just, it's great. You just have a person who can kill anyone they want, whenever they want. You think about it though, if, if it was the eighties, right. And you heard the words diplomatic immunity in, in a movie, how are you going to prove them wrong? You know, fucking Google. You can't there's no, there's no phone. phone. There's a computer. You have to go to an encyclopedia, I guess. You can go to the fucking library and say, yeah. <laughs> "Look at the celluloid film of the, all the freaking newspapers to see what diplomatic immunity means." Right. I don't think so. You you just accept it and move on with your life. Right. Don't do that anymore. Now it's if it's a phone, they can, they can fact check a thing you say. As soon as you say it, you can't you can't treat people anymore. Yeah. I've noticed that when I watch any television show made before the 2000s, or even like mid-2000s, there, there will be whole episodes that are based off of two characters not knowing, I don't know, what diplomatic immunity is. They'll just talk about it. They're like, yeah. what is it? Oh my god! And they run around town, and they don't know what's happening. And I'm like, now we would just look it up and be like, oh, okay, cool. And then we'd watch Lethal Mark Weapon and call it a week. Marcus, you see something over here trying to write his Seinfeld episode, right? Yeah, I see it. You see it, you see it happening. <laughs> no, no. My episode of Seinfeld is way funnier than that. Um. What, okay, one Seinfeld episode you just made up right there. That is exactly it. Well, that one, yes. But my the one I'm writing is a lot different. Cool. Um, do you but think if I wrote a really even, good episode of Seinfeld, they'd make it? Yeah, they bring it okay, back for cool. you. Don't worry. <laughs> you think Michael Richards would come back? Your special little boy. <laughs> if he did, it'd be a very good episode. He had to make some very big apologies in that episode. Well, he's done stuff since. I mean, he was on Curb uh, one time since and did some comedians and cars stuff. So, I, I don't know. Maybe it's like a, if he stays in his bubble, people will kind of just let him do it. I don't know. No. You mean his buddy, Jerry Seinfeld, will let him on his fucking show? Come on. Wow. Amazing. Well, yeah. I'm just saying, though. It, it happened. And I, I was very surprised. I did manage to one time, even even when I was in college, trick a guy into thinking that uh, Billy D. Williams was in Predator and not uh, <laughs> Carl Weathers. I can see that. I constantly trick myself into thinking that Bill Pullman and Bill Paxton have switched roles in every movie they've ever been in. Easy to make. Not just because they have the similar easy. names, but just because they, I don't know, there's the movies they're in. I can always see the other one being in that movie. Yeah. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. So, I can see Bill Pullman saying "Game over, man! Game over!" and aliens. Yeah, sure. Or being that racist vampire in Near Dark. Near Near Dark is like on one of my my movies I gotta watch. I've still never seen Near Dark. Oh my god! The I have an incredible story to tell you guys Uh-oh. about okay. Near Dark, or at least one of the guys who co-wrote it. And um, I will I will dictate this while I pull up his name. But basically, there is a guy who, in the eighties and nineties, he was writing um, action movies with like you know, freaking Catherine Bigelow, and all this. And he has made a couple of movies on his own. And they're he doesn't really get high budgets, but almost always his name is Eric Red. Almost all of his movies deal with some sort of vehicular murders. Like, 
There's either a, there's either people who are killing people with cars. There's a person who's like driving a specific car who's killing people, and all this stuff. And there's a possibility you've heard the name Eric Red recently, because Eric Red is the man that has been tapped by Ben Shapiro's movie production company to make the new Gina Carano action movies that she gets to make ever since she talked shit about Disney or whatever she did. All the, all the misogynist and transphobic stuff she said. Here's the interesting thing. That movie is about Gina Carano hunting down a semi-truck driver who's also a serial killer. So he's added one more movie to that repertoire. But the thing I'm leaving out is that in the year 2000, he drove his truck into a bar and killed two people. What the fuck? And he got away with it. Through, How? Through what? I don't even. I don't, I, I, there's not a lot of information on the case file, but basically, he killed two people by driving his truck into like a bar or a restaurant or something, and then through legal loopholes, was able to become a free man, and is now working, still working in the movie industry. <laughs> wow. This guy couldn't get enough of writing it; had to do it. Yes. Experience and the weirdest wow. thing is he he wrote both Near Dark and Blue Steel, the Captain Bigelow movies, which are both pretty good. And both of those yeah. movies, besides Near, Bar- Near Dark, Blue Steel does have a kind of vehicular murder plot as well. So, yeah, yeah that's real. <laughs> and it's currently called out- Untitled Gina Carano Action Thriller. Look out for my new movie, uh, Near Bark. Which is about guys who stand very close to trees. <laughs> it's getting really close up in there, but not don't touch it. But close to the bark. Uh, Gina Carano, man. I heard. I speaking of uh, that. I heard that that what's her name from Black Panther? Well, is it Letitia, Letitia Wright? Is her White. name? Yeah, right. Yeah. She apparently is back on for Black Panther two. Apparently, I guess they've. But she was even on the set of Black Panther two. She was like handing out. Knowledge about vaccines mm. and such, which has apparently gotten the way of production. Well, she's now apparently vaccinated, and so I'm like, did the did they did, did Disney strap her down and inject her by force? What the fuck? So yeah. if your eyes got so, so big. So I decided to read up on the Eric Red case real quick, just so I can have some oh, stuff. This is just the beginning of the article. Nearly four months. This happened in the year 2000. Um, nearly four months have passed since bar patron Noah Baum, 34, and a waiting bus rider, David Roos, 26, were struck and killed by Red's car after it plowed across three lanes of Wilshire Boulevard, over a bus stop, through the bar patio, and into the mahogany bar at Q's Billiard. What the He fuck? went over three lanes, a bus stop, a patio, and then into the pool hall. What in the goddamn hell? Is it in jail? Yeah. And apparently he's had a history of blackouts um, while driving. Wait, um, so like narcolepsy or some I, no, shit? No, looks like alcoholism maybe. Oh, there you go. Okay. And then his, uh, in response, his attorney said, when something terrible happens, you want to blame somebody. But sometimes an accident is an accident. <laughs> wow. Pretty fucking specific accident, my friend. Yeah, that's a lot to happen for an accident. Did, 
Could you not find the brake? There's a handy little thing on your car that slows it down. I mean, I don't think that matters at all if you're blacked the fuck out. I'm just saying, accident, accident, I don't know. But the police Seems did suspicious. conclude that the crash was an unavoidable accident. Wow. Unavoidable. We, we already can't trust the police, so. I mean, think about it. Everything's unavoidable. Okay. You know, because it uh, was not avoided. It happened. Okay, and now, apparently, once he was inside of the bar, this this is from eyewitnesses. Patrons of the bar said he got out of his Jeep and began slashing his own throat with a shard of broken glass, and they had to stop him. What the goddamn fuck? This guy's crazy. He's still writing movies, Yeah, huh? apparently. I guess for, for Ben Shapiro. Ben Shapiro but... was like, that's my guy. This man will make anything. <laughs> you know, I, ne- I never, I never read uh, Ben Shapiro's book about the the handsome six foot five American thirty uh, five year old general who saves the world from North Korea or whatever. But there is a moment in this in this book. I not read it. I've read descriptions of it mm-hmm. where uh, the police and I believe Chicago shoot an unarmed black child, and a guy shows up uh, named Leroy something or another, and he is a black. I'm going to quote you here, race hustler who shows up to turn the city on the cops because he somehow arranged for the shooting to happen and then starts riots off of this because he wants to, I don't know, damage America for some reason. I've learned one thing yes. about famous people who write books. People who are famous, mm. before, not for being authors, but for something completely different, right. who then write books. They want two things. They want you to buy the book first of all, so they can make money. And then they want you to never read it. They want it to be something that sits on your shelf forever and you can be like, oh, look, I got the... I can't even think of a celebrity right now. I got got the autobiography of Ric Flair. Yeah, I got Ric Flair's book over here and it's in mint condition because why would I ever open it? But (laughs) he got the money and that's what they want. And fiction is even funnier to me when people try to... They're just like, I'll just write... A whole book. Because that's not easy. Writing a book is so hard. Believe me, it is. But Ben Shapiro is just like, I'll, I'll try my hand at it. And then he writes that. He writes, uh, would you say race hustlers? Race hustler. <laughs> How do you hustle someone over race? I don't understand. Imagine this guy, like in Ben Shapiro's mind, this guy drove up in like a pink El Camino. They had like fuzzy <laughs> dice in the mirror. He had like a toothpick yeah. between his lips. He's played by Coleman uh-huh. Domingo in the movie. That's just like what he wants. <sighs> but speaking of people going to jail, um, did y'all hear about uh, this? Is this I? This is from Vice World News. So I don't actually trust it because Vice is compromised as fuck. I need to see more evidence of this. But apparently, in Vice or not in Vice in China, they have changed the ending of Fight Club. You heard about this? Oh yeah, I heard about this. The, apparently, the ending of Fight Club now in China, according to this report, which I do not trust, is that before the ending where the bombs go off and destroy the buildings, it just cuts. And what happens is, and this is the, this is apparently the, what the the uh, the words appear on the screen. Okay. Through the clue provided by Tyler, the police rapidly figured out the whole plan and arrested all criminals, successfully preventing the bomb from exploding. After the trial, Tyler was sent to lunatic asylum, receiving psychological treatment. He was discharged from the hospital in 2012. 
<laughs> and it's really funny that of all places, China would want that ending because earlier this week you sent me a clip, Smith. You sent me a clip from a, a Hong Kong movie called Spider Police, where uh-huh. at the end of the movie, which I, I haven't seen it, but I'm assuming the setup is that like the robber or the kidnappers are in the building, the hostages in the building, the police are in the building. They're about to have their biggest showdown. And then, without any explanation, the whole building just explodes and they roll the credits. <laughs> Literally cuts from guns pointing to bl- building blowing up. And there's... I looked it up, actually. I looked, I looked up the movie. The explanation is apparently ran out of money. They could, could not film the final shootout. <laughs> That's what I imagined. Yeah. No. They, they'd already filmed the building blowing up. So they were like, fuck it. <laughs> we'll just put this in there and just call it done. But I only love this Fight Club thing because it just, I just love the fact that it specifies what year he got, he got out of the hospital. Yeah. Also, I like how it says the clues that were left by Tyler. What <laughs> yeah. clues? What are you talking about? <laughs> like the whole movie was a, a murder mystery of some sort. Yeah. <laughs> All of a sudden, fucking, uh, 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 what's his name? Goddamn Sherlock Holmes shows up and is like, I know who did it. I know the plot. Yeah. But I just love that he. Apparently, you can you can att- attempt to blow up every credit card headquarters in t- in town, but you get fucking out of jail in t- thirteen years. Yeah, you learned your lesson. <laughs> I just, it's so great. I'm not sure it was real, but you could not come up with a funnier ending of Fight Club than that. That's the funniest way to end that would be pop- imaginable. The only funnier way to end it would be to film Chuck Palahniuk's actual ending of that movie, or into the book, I guess. Which is kind of close to what happens there, right? He he gets they get caught. He goes to the yeah. to a prison, but all the guards are secretly part of Project Mayhem and shit, and are telling him it's going well or whatever. Yeah. And then doesn't he talk to God? Isn't that like yeah, the that's ultimate in the sequel? Ending? Oh, it's in the sequel. That's in the sequel. Okay. <clears throat> but yeah, so yeah, that was pretty funny. I'm not sure it was real or not, but it's funny. It's to a think funny about. idea. More movies should end that way. Just smash cut to a, a title card that explains what happened, and then this movie yeah, ends. Because endings are the hardest part. What if what if every movie was just super interesting for like you know a hundred minutes, and then they just cut hard to black with an explanation of what was going to happen? Yeah, that's easy. Boom. Xenogears the movie. Does that happen in those games? In disc two, there was no money left, baby. It was all visual novel from there on out with some fights. All filler, no killer. <laughs> exactly. It was like, guys, come here, Final Fantasy eight over here. We need all that money. Fuck you. Same people uh, make those games. Yeah, Square Square Enix, oh, wow. Square Soft back then. I need to learn more about Japanese game companies. I don't, I don't know enough. There's a co- there's a couple of them out over there. No Atlas. Out. Yeah, they're good. There's, there's, there's one we might might have heard of called Nintendo. And yeah, yeah, they're pretty good. Or is it is it Nintendo? I can never. I think I can it's never Nintendo. Remember. I think you said it right the first time. Yeah, yeah. Nin- Nintendo. You pretty you put the emphasis on the first syllable. Nintendo. What are we talking? This is about? nothing. Is what it? are we talking about? <laughs> this is absolutely this? garbage. Uh, Marcus, how's everything going over there? <laughs> smooth sailing you know, wrapped up in my blanket and stuff it's i think it's microfiber it's really it's really quite pleasant that's nice how do you guys feel? i've never tried one maybe you guys have how do you guys feel about the idea of the weighted blanket never tried one 
but what, how do you what do you think the because people who talk about it people who talk about it are like this is better than my mom <laughs> like they're just they just say they're just like they're just like this is the best thing ever so i'm just I'm trying to imagine what the experience of the weighted blanket could provide that i'm not getting from a regular blanket how how much do these weighted blankets weigh well there's there's ranges so you can you can oh. get them like kind of lightweight they can go up to like up to 200 pounds i mean of course that's but that's spread off of a whole blanket so like the what's on top of you will be like maybe 75 to 100 pounds if that that's, that still feels like a lot yeah that's like a queen size comforter you know so it's kind of spread but yeah it, it, it can be a lot they, they, they're very heavy to pick up I've, I've heard people have lots of problems like when they order them online they can't even get them in their door so i might have to try it because you've got me curious i know i've been i don't want to pay the money for one because they're so expensive i just need to find somebody who has one and lay under it <laughs> here's here's what i think okay I think that weighted blanket people are just cowardly uh, vor fetishists. <laughs> Explain. They want to be in a tight, constricted space. They want to be something weighing down on them. They want to feel like they're being being constricted. It's just vor. That's all it is. I thought vor was putting things in your mouth. No, it's being eaten. You want to be eaten by something. Oh, I always thought vor was loving to put stuff in your mouth like that shouldn't be there and just hold it there. That's just no, that's just normal behavior. What are you talking about? <laughs> I mean, put it. Wait a minute. <laughs> Tomorrow you take like a, a, a chapstick and put it, your whole thing in your mouth. <laughs> right. That'll be weird. Uh, the first Again, definition. Like, oh boy, I sure love to bore a sandwich right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, that, I say yeah. things that don't normally go right, in now. Right. You, you had me in the first half. So <laughs> no, if you if you were gonna bore a sandwich, you'd be eaten by the sandwich. Now you would that, slide into the sandwich. If I had a sandwich blanket, I'd be kind of into that. If I could be the little. The meat in the sandwich? That'd be kind of good. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you think about it, that's what a bed already is, right? Yeah. It's like a blanket sandwich where like you're the open, meat. Like yeah, the, the bottom sandwich. part is the bread. The blanket's the bread. You're the meat in the middle. Yeah, but there's no fixings. I want to... Where's the... Man, where's some the, where's the stuffed onions? animals. Your pajamas. Where's the cheese? <laughs> where's the cheese? That's a... That's a your, that you provide that yourself. Right. With your nighttime emissions. Oh, my God. That's your favorite that's your <laughs> for. The secret sauce. Yeah. The secret sauce. The, that's the what the Big Mac sauce is. Like, oh, <laughs> that secret sauce. If so, it is delicious and give me some more. You know, I've never had a Big Mac. Really? really? I've gone to McDonald's probably 10,000 times in my life. And I've never had a Big Mac. You've never had the signature item? I've never had it. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel like you should have gotten it when you were like younger like as a child because i remember the big mac as being massive yeah i get one now and i'm just like this is disappointing <laughs> but it's also i think it's also part of shrinkification or what's it called shrink shrink shrinkation whatever where things are actually factually getting smaller as time goes on they're charging you the yeah. same or more for it um yep. i think the big mac probably probably a victim of that so, boys, yes. we should talk about the fact that Microsoft bought Activision Blizzard. Ah, yes. Right. The news, the $69 billion deal. Because <laughs> clearly Microsoft is going to get Activision on the right road. Yeah. It's going to fire all those assholes right. and clean up the, the ladies' break room. <laughs> it's going to be great. Chip all that milk off the <laughs> pasteboard <laughs> tables. Um... 
I am incredibly impressed that the people at Blizzard were able to drive up their price that much. Because I would imagine that Activision Blizzard would be worth 50 bucks right now. <laughs> right. Um, and you know what? It's kind of evident in the fact that Phil Spencer, when asked about what, what their exciting IPs they have, they're acquiring here are, he named <laughs> King's Quest, Guitar Hero, and Hexen. He really said Hexen! that? Boy. Yes. He said Guitar Hero. Guitar they Hero. They have not released a game in, I think, seven years at this point. It's time. <laughs> a new Guitar Hero. The R. Kelly edition. No. Yes. The R. Kelly Did special. <laughs> Did you get your chance? Come with me to America. America. Oh, God. <clears throat> but, yeah, that was an inflated price, if you ask me. I just thought that he mentioned, you know, Call of Duty. Yeah. Or Diablo. No. And there's a reason he didn't Hexen. mention Overwatch. Those aren't the money makers, Smith. Come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. We got to get the money makers like like Hexen. Yeah. He he was going to mention Overwatch, but then they were like, "What? What was that? I know Hexen, but what's what's Overwatch?" <laughs> what is Overwatch? No. Oh, you mean that hentai everyone posts all you post all the time yeah. disappeared. No, no, that's Overcrotch. Calm down. Wait, there's a wait, there's a video game? What? <laughs> if Microsoft I don't like Microsoft is buying other game studios. I don't like that. I think it, mm-hmm. especially since Phil Spencer has seemed kind of adamant on changing a lot of them to be Microsoft exclusives, which doesn't hurt me that much because I have a PC and he's putting them on PC, which is cool. For people who don't have them, that sucks. But if Microsoft is able to fix Overwatch 2 and make it a good game, all will be forgiven in my mind. I want the absolute the sheer fun I had the first four months playing Overwatch 1, if anybody could recreate that in any way, I'll forgive almost anything. I did I did hear this, which is unsubstantiated from what, from what I'm going to say, but I, I heard it, is that they're going to let Activision uh, Studios decide what they're going to work on instead of just making Call of Duty games forever. Oh, oh, this just in. No more Call of Duty games. <laughs> They're done. <laughs> End of Call of Duty. I think that if you wait about four or five years between Call of Duty games, at least, at least a new one, they would probably do better, I think. Yeah. You know, increase the anticipation again. Because making Heck, a video... like every other year. Sorry, sir. Mm-mm. No, because like, you're right. making a video game is incredibly hard. Like making mm-hmm. a, Like, making a movie... It's hard in my mind. The fact that anybody can do it in like eight months is incredible. Making a video game just takes... Because when, when they're making the next Call of Duty, they're like... They haven't even released the current Call of Duty yet because that's just how much time you have to take to make a video game. So the, the recent one every year, we saw it happen to Assassin's Creed, is a, just a bad idea. It does not help you make good games. No. Nope. So... And I did see this as well. This is a pretty interesting quote from the GDC State of the Games Industry Survey. When the question was, what are your thoughts about unionization in the gaming industry? 
And the response that someone gave, an anonymous, I guess, response is, it will destroy games. Making games is intrinsically hard. I've never seen it be easy. I'm not saying it needs to be cruel, but if you aren't paying with blood, sweat, and tears, you probably aren't hitting your real ambitions. True genius has a price. My problem with this whole thing is that apparently their opinion is that unions just want to make like jobs lazy. That's all they want. Mm -hmm. When in the, the first unions who had any success were like coal miners and mill workers. They still had incredibly tough jobs. Yeah. <laughs> Even after they got anything won over from their union, um, it was just a little. It just wasn't as shitty. So that's kind of all they want, and it's ridiculous that people are like, "You're gonna, this is gonna destroy games forever." And the Raven Software QA team has decided they want to unionize, which is yep. awesome. Nice, very nice. Yeah, they're asking for voluntary recognition, uh, which we'll see how that goes. I'm not sure that Raven Software and by extension Activision Blizzard will do it. I guess Microsoft now, even yeah, we're going as high as that. Um, if not, they, they're prepared to help me to fight. So I guess we'll see. I'm interested because it'll be nice to finally get a union in video games, you know, going. Yeah. It's not surprising that it's QA testers that are doing it. That job apparently is it's, hell. It's bad. I actually, um, I don't know super well, but I, I, I hung out with a guy once who was a, um, QA tester for proletariat games in Boston. Um, Funny enough, proletariat games is anti-union, and <laughs> he he tried to start he tried to start a union there at one point, and then was, was shut down. He, he, he switched jobs, but yeah, um, it sucks for QA people. Yeah, I can't imagine that's any fun at all. I mean, no part of well, like guy's not wrong. It's not easy making games, but this thing is, unions are, the, the unions are trying to make the job lazy or easy. It's make it less. Less hard, I yeah, guess, you know, there's a difference. It's still going to be hard to make video games. The conditions to make them in could be easy, could be better, you know? Yeah. That's every job, basically. Every job is hard, but the conditions you do it in could be better. They could be. That's all unions want to do. It's this idea that true genius, what does it say? It says true genius uh, has a price. What the if, fuck is wrong with you? If someone isn't suffering, it's not going to be good. <laughs> we all got to be Van Gogh here, cut off our fucking ears, and try and kill ourselves for art? Fuck you. It's not how it works. A lot of folks who are geniuses don't actually need to do a lot of much work to express it. And sometimes people do. You know, it's different for everybody. You know, yeah. not all genius is expressed easily or or hard. I've seen some writers who can, I mean, I wouldn't call them geniuses, maybe, but they can sit down and they can just bang out an entire goddamn, you know, 6,000 word short story and not even need to sit there and struggle. And then I've seen some folks who write also very well and takes them forever to get it done because it's hard. It's like, there's no one size fits all for, you know, inspiration, yeah. basically, or no art. Way. So I, I hate this idea that you have to suffer for your art, you know? Because it is art. I mean, making games is art. It's as much art as it is anything else. And so, I hate this idea. Yeah, it just take that, Roger it. Ebert. <laughs> Man's been dead for how long? And we're still we're still kicking him over he this? He died in like 2011. He died whenever year Bioshock Infinite came out. I remember those two things happening very close <laughs> to each other. 
Well, it came out and he was like, fuck, I was wrong. Oh, wait, I think he died. He died right before, but yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we got the preview copy, you know, yeah. fucking. <laughs> he played the first, he Except... played the first three hours and was like, this is great and didn't finish it. Yeah. If only you played more. Roger, yeah. don't kill no, yourself. No, games suck, Roger. Come back. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're bad. Don't I worry. promise. <laughs> don't worry. You're right. Yeah. It's okay. And then and then as soon as fucking Underhill comes out, he's got to die. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> then it's all over. Oh, man. You should have played more Sonic games. <sighs> <laughs> Is that including the woman where he kisses a real-ass human woman? <laughs> Sonic 06, the best game ever yeah. made. Folks, he kisses a real human woman, not another hedgehog. The <laughs> human lady kisses Sonic the Hedgehog on the mouth. Listen, some ladies would, would love that. <laughs> and I sadly, know that's Marcus is completely correct. <laughs> I know, and it's it's you know what? It's fine. It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> if you're horny for Sonic, you be horny for Sonic. That's that's fine. You go right ahead. Just don't think about. All the biological implications of your, your fetish and the things that, the mechanics of it, it's fine. It's okay. I'm happy. <laughs> Are you happy? I'm happy. So happy. We're all happy here. Okay, yes, sir. It's I'm all happy. good and normal. I'm happy, yes. <laughs> Whatever you want me to say. <laughs> yeah, let's just take a real quick so I can make fun of this guy, Nick Fuentes. Oh, Nick Fuentes, a person who I did not know existed until this week, and yeah. is hilarious for the wrong reasons. Uh, so this guy is a right winger, uh, uh, obviously. He's he is calls himself a proud incel, uh, and he refuses to even like talk to women uh, uh, in terms of like a, a relationship type thing. No, won't do it. He refuses to do it. Um, because he's most definitely not gay. That's not what it is. No. Uh, it's, 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 it's that he's, he'll get married when he's good and ready. And according to him, he'll still be an incel when that happens. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but in this, in this, apparently someone in a, I can't believe this is what happened, in a super chat, a person who claimed to be a woman tried to flirt with him. Okay. And he went off on a, a rant about how this is inappropriate because he is a world history figure. He is going. He is making history right now. Yeah. And then he said, so "You you won't see me flirting with a woman in her sundress. You know, just just having a good time. I'm like this is getting very specific, man." But then he says, "There are some contexts where it would be okay." Seth, do you remember what the context was? Well, he said that it would be okay if like the woman was a subordinate, and then he went as far as to say that like women who were like interviewing for Hitler, that would have been an okay scenario for Hitler to try to bang. In that movie, Downfall, yes. Hitler flirts with the secretaries, and he says, that will be a, an acceptable scenario for me. But the acceptable part of the scenario is that he's Hitler, and not yes. anything else about it. Right. He's Hitler, and he's hitting on his secretaries. That's okay. That's fine for Nick Fuentes. <laughs> that is, it's really this funny how deep he went in on, like, don't you dare try to hit... It's like... The, the term proud incel. Can we dissect that for a minute? <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. So, incel, if you're taking it at face value, means you're an involuntary celibate, which means mm -hmm. you can't get laid, but you want to. Right. But then he's proud of it. Right. Which would mean 
that he doesn't want to have sex, but if you're proud of being an incel, I feel like you don't want to have sex. And at that point, I don't consider you an incel. I consider you an asshole. Cell. I, mean, I don't know uh, what else you could be. If you're proud of being involuntarily celibate, you're, just you're celibate. proud of being celibate. Yeah. Right. He's like, yeah, I'll, I'll get married when I'm good and ready. Then you're not an incel. You're saying you you could not be celibate. Or apparently you'll get married and still not have sex. That's I don't know what that is. That's I weird. guess you're just asexual, which is fine, but just own it. Why you gotta be weird about it? Be misogynist about to it. Be f- this man did go on a date with a gay uh, cat boy. Uh, so let's just keep that in mind here. Uh, and said it was all a big joke. I'm just saying, there are some puzzle pieces that are clicking into, into place around here. That's a lot for a joke. <laughs> yeah. Ha, ah, isn't it so funny that I'm sucking this guy's dick? That's hilarious, right? Look at this joke. Yeah. That did not happen. Well. That we, that we, that know. we know of, yeah. <laughs> Nate Fuentes is not kiss and tell. Well, I mean, yeah, because if he did, it goes down in world history. Because he's an icon <laughs> of history. There will be books written about. This dude says he is making history. He says, I am, I am Martin Luther King Jr. level of historical figure. He said that? Yeah, one like a long time ago. Disgusting. Oh my god. What kind of inflated ego? People who are actually making history should not inflate their ego that much. Right. <laughs> there are household names that will not be that fucking you know, influential to history exactly. that we know of today. You know? Yeah. Uh, it's... If this guy was doing a very long-running bit, this is all one big joke, it would be the funniest goddamn bit of all time. It's not, unfortunately. But if you told me this was a joke, this was a, this was video was all one guy parroting that whole thing, I'd be like, God, that dude's hilarious as fuck. Yeah, good. But it's not. It's all real. Good impression. That is... It's like, why why even try and make comedy? Or at least, why try to do satire these days? Because you, you can't do better than they already doing themselves. You really can. Like I said, satire died the day that that Four Seasons thing happened. That that was when everyone should have patented up and started writing high concept stuff. Because satire is gone. The Four Seasons dildo show. It was a Four Seasons landscaping company, but yes. That is so funny. Genuinely one of the, one of the most hilarious things that ever happened in human history, yeah, to be honest. Absolutely. And that's like, like I said, every person who wrote for the show Veep should be kicking themselves in the head <laughs> after that happened. They're like, why didn't we do this? Well, they should be doing is getting goddamn jobs as fucking psychics or some shit, predicting <laughs> the goddamn future. Yeah, honestly. Um, the future will be at least this funny. Don't worry, we figured it out. We know how funny the future will be. The Veep world is, it would be would be a terrifying world to live in. Hilarious for us, the viewers from the outside, but uh, not fun to live in. Well, we kind of already we mostly live in that world, but yeah, there are some True. distinct differences. Speaking of which, let's get back to real politics for a second here, right. folks. Could anybody give a shit about uh, what's happening in Ukraine? Ukraine, I crane, we all crane. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Fraser Crane, Niles Crane, you know, yeah, it's all it's all a difference. There, everyone's screaming constantly, Russia's going to invade Ukraine, Russia's going to invade Ukraine, like, tomorrow, and it keeps on not happening. And I'm just like, what is, why, are, who gives a fuck? Who cares? Yeah. I don't, um, I don't think Russia's going to do it, so who cares? And and even worse, even if they do, what the fuck are Dems going to do about it? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> How does it affect my life? 
right? Yeah. Sell it to me. Sell me on a war with Russia. There is no, there's no way to sell it. (laughs) Make it sexy. Sell it it to me. Like M&M's used to be. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'll be honest, guys, we just lost a war to some guys in Afghanistan. And now you want to fight Russia? Yeah, Yeah. you got a point. To be fair, Russia also lost to those guys like 30 years ago. So I guess now we're going to come back, boys. This this is our fucking redemption arc. One of us will win and go back to Afghanistan and show them what's what. I just don't understand. It's because I just don't care about the whole Ukraine thing. People are like, oh my God, Russia's going to invade. Again, how does it affect my life? I don't. I don't see the point in caring about this. Yeah. But sadly, people have that same line of thinking about almost everything, even when it does affect their life. So That's true. That's, kind that's of, true. That's, that's kind of where we are. But this is one of those things where wars generally are not going to help me. There's Wars are not benefiting me no, in any way. Wars should be... We shouldn't even be thinking about wars at this point. There's nothing, there's nothing a war is going to solve right now. You have such bigger problems than war we should be worried about. Well, a class war might solve some things, but as far as, like, war between nations, probably not. Yeah. And folks are also like, oh, man, man, China's gonna invade Taiwan any moment. They're gonna take back Taiwan. And it's, again, who who could give a fuck? Who could give a single shit about what happens there? I mean, maybe maybe the Taiwanese people do, but... Oh, you're not allowed to say Taiwanese, right? You mean mean Chinese people? Yeah, sorry, I don't want to get canceled for... Saying that Taiwan's a real place. I mean, Taiwan's even scared of saying that they're Taiwan, so I don't know who to believe here, yeah. right? <laughs> like, the only... Because the thing is, I think if China was like, alright, Taiwan, it's time to come back into the fold, I think most, from what I understand, of Taiwan's military is tired, and would be like, fuck, we don't care, just whatever, <laughs> just make us stop... Just let us stop flying on these planes and crashing and dying. Because they keep crashing their own planes and dying. Like just, I want it to be over. Yeah, I agree. So right now, instead of fighting Russia, our plan is to just give shitloads of money and guns to the Ukrainian Nazis, because that's what they are. They have neo Nazis fighting the, the Russians on the on the front lines. Wow. Ugh. That was an unexpected headline. <laughs> They even want to do a goddamn Lend-Lease Act. They're calling it a Lend-Lease Act to Ukraine. To do what? We will lend them weapons, and they'll pay us back for them eventually. On extremely good terms. Well then. Because remember the last time we did this, we lend-leased weapons and and, and, uh, and stuff to uh, the UK and to Russia to fight the Nazis in World War II. And now they want to do it for the Nazis to fight Russia. Life is a or times a flat circle, you know. And the best part about the whole thing is that is that Germany is not participating. Germany does not want to get involved in this because they are relying on an oil pipeline that's currently running from Russia to bring oil to them to heat their goddamn houses in this cold ass winter. And if they go to, if a war starts and they cut off that oil pipeline, the German people are going to goddamn lose their minds. To death. Yeah, that'll also happen. Yes, so. They're, they're, Germany, this big, they're, you know, a big military power in Europe is like looking the other way and being like, I don't know, don't look at us. We're not, we're not talking about this. Wow. 
I can even tell from y'all's lack of enthusiasm. No one cares. Like, I mean, no. We talked about them changing the M and M's, and I'm I'm putting my chair above my head. <laughs> we talked about what's happened in the, the. I don't even remember what country it was anymore. Uruguay, and I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> I mean, folks, y'all couldn't see it at home because there's no video of this. But Seth did rip his shirt off. And <laughs> <of the M&Ms. laughs> he threw it right goddamn hell. Yeah, I showed them my chest tattoo of the original green M and M. Before woke culture went and ruined it. <laughs> With her fucking go-go boots. And is that, is that, a, is that a, a chocolate vagina she's got there? Uh, no, that's like a, that's a flower. Oh, that's your nipple. Right, I forgot. Like, yeah, there we go. But uh, yeah, that did that did happen. Yeah. Uh, trust me. So Thank you. <laughs> more, that's the thing. Changing M&M's is more relevant of our life than what's happening in Ukraine. <laughs> that will have wider implications on world history than the Ukraine whatever. Yeah. What else? What else is going on, guys? <laughs> I'm sorry, but we talked about Blizzard, right? Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. Being bought by Microsoft for some ungodly reason. Do you think? Oh, I heard that Bobby Kotick wanted to buy Kotaku to make him stop call them running negative articles. Bobby Kotaku. Bobby Kotaku. <laughs> yeah, I just I thought it was pretty funny. He was like, "Yeah, I'll just buy Kotaku so he can't run bad or, bad articles about me anymore." Uh, speaking of online journalism and unions, um, well, kind of the uh, AV Club, which is a website I've used for I don't know, probably maybe eight to ten years at this point for TV reviews, movie reviews, news articles. Um, six, I believe it was six of their. Best reporters were who live in New York were told they had about a month to move to L.A. Um, or get fired. And not only was it weird because they had their lives in New York and their jobs can be done without any relocation at all because they write on the Internet about movies, which you can do from anywhere. Um, but they, they were going to get their same New York pay in L.A., which is technically getting a pay decrease because the rent there is a lot higher, even though New York is still very expensive. And <clears throat> apparently the office they were working in was incredibly out of the way, and the commute there anywhere affordable would have been like over two hours just to go to your job where you write about movies all day. Um, and so they all quit. They all decided not to take the job. And now the AV Club has lost my respect and pretty much all of their respectable uh, uh, reviewers. So, uh, kind of fucked up that Go Media was just like, hey, you have to do the most insane thing anyone could ever do, and you have one month. Okay, see you later. Yeah, that's so stupid. Right, like, why did they need them to go to LA? Especially for that job. You could live in bumfuck Nebraska and write about movies. I mean, you might not be able yeah. to see the latest releases, but you don't always have to see the latest releases to write about movies. So, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it makes no sense at all. I, I, what I think now is they just want to get rid of those folks anyway. So they just want to get rid of them, and this is an easy way to do it. I have to fire them, like fire them, fire them. Yeah. Like make an unreasonable demand and say, all right, do it or get fired. And they were like, well, I guess I can't do it, so... Easy way to get rid of them, because uh, otherwise it makes no sense. Like you said, the job could be done anywhere. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it at all. So, and the Go Media people have been just complete pieces of shit for a while now. Um, 
But luckily, the, some of the report like the reporters over at the union, at the union, the onion, were able to make a union. Um, and I guess the AV Club guys weren't able to do that. So, yeah, that sucks. Actually, too bad. And it shows how the union or the union. God, I did it, I did it too, Seth. The <laughs> onion is still incredible. Yeah, the onion's the best. They're also who they're also just getting shellacked by real life. It's yeah. so hard to write an onion article these days because it just happens. <laughs> I'm thinking right now, guys, union, as it is spelled, should, should be, be pronounced, pronounced onion. onion. And onion, as it's written, should be pronounced union. Yes. I have a childhood memory of the first time I saw the word union. I said onion, and you laughed at me. I remember that. Oh, yeah. Vividly. <laughs> and Seth, I was foolish for yes. that. Because you're absolutely right. it looks like onion. That is an incredible childhood memory. Yes. Core memory, if you will. It was. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's 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 a, a choice one to keep. So <laughs> I don't remember a lot. Remember that. So I think it's time to wrap up here yeah. and talk about stuff we've been doing. Seth, how about you go first this time? Sure. So last week I was finished um, Rhythm of War, the f- most recent book in the Brandon Sanders and Stormlight Archive. And then I read one of the novellas from the Stormlight Archive, and then I read one of the Mistmore books, Alloy of Law. I've been on a pretty big reading tear. Um, and other than that, I have been watching an uh, unhealthy amount of Seinfeld, and I've uh, been catching up on Euphoria and The Righteous Gemstones, which um, I've been doing a rewatch of because the new season started out of nowhere. I didn't even know the new season had started, so catching up on that. I fucking love that show. Um, I think I'm going to write something about Danny McBride and why I think he just has one of the most interesting on-screen personas of anyone ever. Um, so yeah, and then I've been playing uh, The Binding of Isaac as well. Nice. I I uh, finished the book Oathbringer uh, by Brandon Sanderson as well and am now reading Rhythm of War, trying to catch up with Seth. Um, because he's catching up with me on the other books I've already read, so he's yep. he's tearing through those. Um, so yeah, that's pretty. It's really good. Brandon Sanderson, I think one of our best uh, living authors right now. Yeah, one of my favorite Mormons. Um, <laughs> there's not a many of them. Yeah. Uh, he's on he's on the list. Um, I've also been uh I've been playing Soul Aspire a little bit. Yes, um, one of us. One of us. One of us. <laughs> But last night, I also started to fire up uh, Monster Hunter Rise and play with Marcus for about three hours, and we had a goddamn blast. That's awesome. The game's been out for, what, almost two weeks now? And we encountered a person who was already rank 84. Yeah. For reference, I'm rank one, Marcus is rank two. <laughs> yeah, does it have crossplay? Could that be a Switch player, or no? I don't believe it has crossplay. Okay. I think it's but only But that's DC. not unheard of, because I do have a friend who... One week into Monster Hunter Rise, had already grinded to the top level equipment uh, because he just did yeah. it all day, all night. So yeah, that, I can completely believe that is possible. And plus, if you have played other Monster Hunter games, you know the enemies, you know their patterns, you know how weapons work. You you come with a big advantage basically yeah. on that on that front. So, but we had a great time. We're probably gonna play it again tonight. Shit ruled. Um, nice. Fun ass game. Seth, you should jump in, play with us. Mm. I tried Monster Hunter. Way Rise. more fun with friends. I tried it. I'm sure it is, but I just don't like the controls. Okay. All right. That's, that's fair that's enough. Me. It does take a lot of getting used to. 
Marcus, what have you been up to? Me, I've been watching the second part of the final season of Attack on Titan. Ooh. Yes. And also uh, Demon Slayer. That's back up. Oh, is it back? Yes. Season two, finally? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Did you watch Mugen Train? I watched the movie, yeah. Hell yeah. So you're you're right on track for, for the second season. On that train. Because a train. <laughs> the Demon Train. <laughs> but yeah, uh, other than that, I've also been playing Slay the Spire and Monster Hunter. Still stuck on Ascension 5. Because god dang it, ain't a bitch. <laughs> yeah, Ascension 5 is rough. Oh. Are there like 20 ascensions in the game? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, good luck, y'all. On the 20th ascension, you have to fight two bosses at the end of Act 3 instead of one. Ugh, what the fuck? Yeah. And then if you want to fight the heart, you still have to go all the way to the heart uh, and beat that too. So. Jesus Christ. How many times have you fought the heart? <laughs> I've fought the heart like five or six times. I've never beaten it, though. Same. Jesus, it's so hard. Yeah. But yeah. All right, boys. Nice. Well, uh, this has been the Illinials Podcast. Um, I'm Smith. You can find me on Twitter at MCSurf. I'm Seth. You can find me in the things that I write on instinct-shatter.io. Oh, um, Marcus, you can find me on Instagram at Mr. Beaches. And I occasionally do art for the podcast. Our theme song was done by Ben Powell, who literally right now is streaming Five Nights at Freddy's Security Breach. So if you were listening to this on our live feed, then go check him out on Twitch at the Ben Powell. He also has his own podcast called Southern Smackdown, where they talk about wrestling, and they're from the South. If that sounds interesting, go check it out. Side note, that game is 80 gigabytes. That is crazy, actually. It's ridiculous. 80 gigabytes. For FNAF? That's crazy. Yeah. That game looks like shit. 80 gigabytes apparently it's also gigantic um <clears throat> anyways you can lead a horse to water but you can't even get under it fuck the new m&ms and not in the way you would <laughs> fuck the old m&ms there you go uh, capitalism is the cause of all your problems we have stopped trying to solve our problems and are trying to outlive them from the Orleans to new york that's the Leniel's podcast, baby. We're out. Out. Peace.